remember going to watch Norwich in the Anglo-Scottish Cup in 1974. And that was just brilliant. That's when you could stand. <laughs> and that was brilliant. It's been good to be fair, because the boys have turned out, and I mean, the fans have turned out, the boys have turned out, played good football, good entertaining football. That's what you want, isn't it? Good atmosphere. That's what you want from your team, really. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. That's togetherness. Absolutely. That's what you want from your team. You want your players on the pitch with your fans, and yeah, that's what you want. So football is pretty often just about business and contracts, but the most important thing football is for supporters, and they're allowed to dream and to be carried away and to enjoy the moment. Everything's okay. There we go. <clears throat> and another productive weekend, and especially for a group of people who follow Norwich City, whatever the weather. That was just in case you didn't catch it then. Uh, good evening, and welcome to edition 174 of The Pink and Show, our dedicated Canaries shenanigans that's also found often it hard to get success from going direct. Uh, I am Michael Bailey, and we are back at Departure Lounge on Prince of Wales Road in the fine city. We are live, and we have loads to talk about over the next 40 minutes or so. Coming up, we will review that one almighty step towards the Premier League at Borough, the prospect of managerless QPR, and two Carrero dates in just five days. Some Finnish insight with journalist Ville Nishkinen, the prospect of that yellow wall at Wigan, where your player of the season thoughts are heading. Plus, we take you through the current championship picture and a host of the latest round of Flip the Bird. And we will do all that in the company of tonight's top conversation strikers, <laughs> former Canaries goalkeeper Scott Howie and proud Canaries uh, full show debutant Nick O'Brien. I've put the pressure on you both there, gents. How are you? Are you both well? Very well, very, very well. Very well, yep. Uh -huh. Good time to be a Norwich fan. It is a very good time to be a, a Norwich fan. What's uh, what's keeping you busy in your worlds at the moment? There you go. Let's open it up to personal life. Nick? Work is keeping me pretty busy, but it's, it's two days until the Easter holidays, isn't it? So I can focus fully on the football. Said like a true teacher. Absolutely. Well, a teacher in Deerham. So it's a shame Durham. we missed you at the I railway. Could have, yeah, I could have come last week, but might have been full of people that I teach. Well, this is true. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, well, no, we won't get into Andre Shunky. Uh, Scott, how are, you, how are you? You well? What's keeping you busy? Uh, you work, a bit tax deadlines just now. That's that's oh, what's yeah. keeping me busy at the moment. So, yeah, um, you're on the clocks. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, usual work, family commitment. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. Because yeah. you say you work with um, footballers and their finances generally, don't you? Is that a way of putting it? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a way of putting it. Yeah, we, we help them out with tax stuff and that's, that's all there is to it. Yeah. I mean, we have done well to get you, th what, two days before the deadline, is it? Or, or, no, or, no, but, no, we've done that. This, yeah, is, this is a calm before the storm. We've no, got, oh, got, yeah, got another couple of, couple of days. It's holiday time, basically. Yeah, there we go. I love it. Okay, well, as uh, usual, we are live on Pinkin.com, the Pinkin Facebook page, Twitter, Periscope, and YouTube. And over the course of the show, we want to hear from you. Uh, be it Zimbo's class. That's supposed to be a pun on Zumba, but I don't think it worked. Anel's end product, when you hope... It's a big one, this. When you hope City will finish the job, because I think we're all having that conversation, but especially in light of QPR sacking Steve McLaren this week and looking for their 15th permanent boss in 13 years, 
and that doesn't include the caretakers. Um, we want to know your favourite Norwich City boss of all time and why. And it doesn't have to be for the obvious reasons. Even now, I've written this here, I still like Glenn Roder. There, I said it. But he's, he's not my favourite, <laughs> as you tried to put on me, uh, Nick. Uh, so all you need to do is to post your words um, is do so below the live Pinken Facebook feed the youtube chat box or a reply to the pink and twitter or periscope streams and i'll do my best to uh, keep track of them all on my phone just on uh, facebook scotty b says looking forward to this a tick ball goal and uh, a yellow and green crest perfect barry newman good evening gents premiership here we come massive smiley face uh, barry newman that was a bev black evening all that's on facebook and if i flip over to uh, youtube danny ellero bang on Best time of the week, three exclamation marks, Heil. Danny, hi to you back. Uh, so uh, make sure you get in touch with us and we'll go through all of those over the course of the show. But uh, after we all enjoyed our road trip to Dirham's Railway Tavern last weekend, oh, last week, in fact, um, both Wesley Moulihan and Onel Hernandez are ready for more familiar surroundings. That said, we may have forgotten to bring Wesley Moulihan. It might be some time before she forgives us for that. At least we have Onel Hernandez. Nick, you're on the dial. Let's have this week's Norwich City headlines. <laughs> Arnell to the Norwich boys. What now? Borough challenge completed as Hernandez earns victory and results elsewhere. Send City seven points clear of third with a seventh successive win and just seven games left. All it does is make the belief stronger. Seasack Steve. I thought that was quite good. QPR pulled the trigger on McLaren ahead of Saturday's trip to Norwich after a run of one win in 15. That may complicate things slightly for Farker's men. And bear in mind that one win came against Leeds. Still, if the Canaries get ahead, then QPR might struggle to find the will to survive the afternoon. He probably went away like Willy Wonka. What a brilliant quote, by the way. That means with lots and lots of sweet treats, in case you're wondering. After that man again, Onel Hernandez, celebrated his match-winning efforts at Borough with a spell on the slots at Hemsby. Uh, that says everything about City's current squad, I think. That's probably overblowing it a little bit. And why the fans like them so much. Uh, reports to your mercy Umbakani used to do likewise during his spell at City do appear wide of the mark. And finally... <laughs> Bring on the horse. No, not Grant Holt. Rather, a petition set up by City fan Glenn a a Altham. I hope I said that right, Glenn. Uh, to recreate Farker's Lipstadt exit in tribute to what we all hope will be a successful end to this season and get Stuart Webber to parade Farker around Carrow Road on a horse. If you're really inclined, you can find a link to the petition over at pinken.com. What a note to send that away on. Uh, right, let's get going then, boys, shall we? Uh, Middlesbrough. In terms of the weekend as a whole, Scott, it was probably perfect, wasn't it, with other teams dropping points and Norwich then doing the business? Yeah, I mean, obviously they've got to concentrate on what they are doing and, and, and now they're doing the job and they keep on doing the job at the moment, which is fantastic. But it's always a bonus when the teams around you drop points and, and, and you need them to, so brilliant. I was going to say, because I mean, Norwich have had the situation where they've kicked off first and, and, and had to do it themselves and then they've had to kick off after and sort of respond and it seems that they can respond to it each and every situation. Well, yeah, that's modern football now. You know, it's, it's governed by TVs and, and, and different uh, kick-off times and things. So they're going to get that and, and there'll be more kind of twists and turns you know, as, as the season kind of closes out. But um, what, what a great position they're in. It's absolutely fantastic. It couldn't have worked out any better last week. 
Absolutely not. I mean, those three o'clock kickoffs, I think, were only finishing when Norwich were actually out warming up. So, I mean, Christoph Zimmerman came out after the game and said, I, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really um, know what the scores were and it doesn't matter, etc. which I mean, I'm sure they probably did, to be honest. And Scott, Scott's going, of course they did. They're all on their phones when they come out of the game. So I'm sure they're on them just beforehand. But um, the fans would have known it, wouldn't they, Nick? And they would have known what the situation was. So uh, that... I know it is all about what Norwich do, but in that situation, with one of the size dropping points and, and Leeds, who were further behind being the team that won, that must give a boost to everyone. It has to. It can't fail to give you confidence. And it's all about marginal gains at this time of the season, isn't it? Can you just have that extra percent that gets you over the line? But I think Farker's line is completely right. When you start overthinking things, that's when you can get nervous. That's when your performance can dip. So I think he's completely right to say, focus on the next game. And I guess managers always say that, don't they? Well, I think you've got to, really. That's, that's the only thing you can you can work on at the time. Mm. There's no point working on the game three, four games in advance because you don't, you don't know how important it's going to be. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's a bit of a cliche. Everybody says it, but you, you just focus on the next game. doesn't matter who it's against. Which is, is a really sound point when, every, when things are maybe not going so well and you have to just draw a line under things. But when things are going so well, it, it, it must be even harder not to just get wrapped up in the snowboard of it. Well, as, as, as a, that's a fan's prerogative to do that, to get wrapped up and get excited about it and look ahead and look, you know, look at some point in a couple of weeks' time where... where or maybe Norwich go up and, and Ipswich go down on the same day, wouldn't that be fantastic? <laughs> and you, can, you can get excited about that, but I think as a player, you, as a job, you have got a job to do and, and all you do is just look at the next game, that's it. Mm. Thank God we can do it, because this show would be terrible if we couldn't talk about anything other than just the next game. Um, has to have to just touch on Middlesbrough, and we'll have a look at the championship picture in a bit, but um, I mean their plight was kind of emphasised by losing to Bristol City mm. as well last night, they're in a difficult um, position. Should we give credit um, to Norwich defensively? I had a quick exchange with someone on, on Twitter, which was all good, and it, it was a good point, because maybe, you know, how robust is Norwich's defence? Mm. But I, it checked through the stats in reply, and I'm going to recall them here, because I think they're good. You know, only six teams have kept have conceded fewer goals in Norwich since the turn of the year mm. and um, Norwich have scored five more goals than anyone else I mean and obviously a lot more than pretty much everyone else bar one or two so I mean that's quite credit I, I know that Norwich maybe do defend last ditch at times but um that's almost a style point in a way. Absolutely. I think since that Derby game um, at Christmas where we, we lost that lead, where we had seven minutes to hold out and ended up losing, I think there's been an improvement since that time. That one, and which I, was and the I last wonder, game of 2018. Wasn't yeah, it? I wonder if something was said, but I think the partnership of Zimmerman and Godfrey, and we've got to remember how young those players are at the back. You know, Apart from Zimmerman, they're all 19, 20. And so to, to get the level of performance is, is absolutely fantastic. So I do think it is, at this point, just getting over the line, isn't it? And if you think back to when Leicester won the Premiership, it's kind of not pretty towards the end, but you just grind out those wins. And against a Pulis side, that's what you've got to do, isn't it? Because you would look at Middlesbrough and they would be the traditional keep it compact. You've got yeah. a lot of players in front of the attacking team. So we look really solid and that's that. And I mean, Norwich don't defend like that, do they? Because they put so many risks going the other way almost. I think conventionally, most teams who win leagues have always got the best defensive record or one of the best defensive records. Mm. Um, I, I, I love the way Norwich are playing just now because you just go out to try and score more goals than the other team. And that, that, that's, I mean, how many, how many last-minute finishes have we had? You no know, exciting finishes where you know, we grabbed three points where, where you know, no points and even one point looked, looked on the cards. So I, th I think it's just got a different attitude about it. It's a really refreshing attitude. I think the way Norwich play, the, the, how expansive they are in the full-backs and the way the full-backs push on, I think it's impossible to try and stay compact in that situation. Um, and there's so many benefits um, about the forward play that you can't really worry too much about conceding the odd goal. It's not a 
and a lot of credit to Tribal as well because that period has coincided with him coming into the team and you'd say that Teddy sits a bit far further back than him and um, you know Tribal and McLean I've had doubts about them but they seem to have that balance really good at the moment Tom, Tom Tribal's development in the holding role which I think he does generally play as a you know on his own um, has been fantastic in these, these recent months um, Got to obviously touch on Hemsby. Have we all enjoyed Hemsby in our time? We all have, yeah. But um, have, another. Have we all? Have we? Have uh, we all? We, uh, we haven't all <laughs> enjoyed it. I've never been to Hemsby. So. You didn't know where it was, Scott? No, I wasn't sure. Oh, I was like, missing out. This is it. This Back in the day when footballers didn't know they were born, you see. No, but you should go. It's a wonderful place. Oh, right. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make a note of that. I'll, <laughs> I'll put it in the sat nav and find out where it is. Do you like going to Argos, though? <laughs> just one of my favourite places. <laughs> no, hang on. Is, is that a nightclub or is that the shop? I'm not sure what you said. <laughs> oh God, move on quickly. Uh, but you know, the slot machines at Hemsby, mean Absolutely. fish and chips. Absolutely, fish and chips, ice cream. I mean, you just don't get that in Cuba and Germany, do you? So he's obviously found something that that he enjoys. But I mean, what a guy! And actually, you know, thinking of the weekend, he's one of the stories of the weekend, isn't he? What a great um, finish by Hernandez, and um, and then he's he's such a great guy. You know, he's one of the fans' favourites, and you know, is he a dark horse for the player of the season too we'll get into that Nick we will get into that how hard is as a goalkeeper with that goal have been to deal with because he, he hit it low true it was really tucked in the corner and he opened through up the ankle as well, and it, it? Yeah, about through three players yeah when it comes through bodies it's really difficult it's good as a goalkeeper when you can see when you can see him putting a standing foot down before he strikes and then you, you can get your time and then you can give it give yourself a goal but when it comes through bodies that's really really difficult to do um, and just finally on this little section Farker on a horse come the end of the season anyone having it well, why not? He can, <laughs> he's got the keys to the city. He can do what he wants oh, at the end of the season. Yeah. With this season, it wouldn't surprise you, would it? <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally would not surprise us. There we go. Uh, brilliant stuff. Okay, let's have a look at some of your live questions, uh, shall we? Don't forget, we're just uh, getting in touch with the Norwich City points and, and bits and bobs. But also, I want to hear who your favourite Norwich City boss is and, and why. Because, you know, QPR have had... Uh, well, they're looking for their 15th in, in 13 years, so uh, I'm not sure they've maybe got many that they've had uh, in recent times. Um, let's have a look anyway at what everyone's saying, and apologies for the sound earlier. Uh, Roger Mallet, would anyone still want Tony Fernandez as an owner? Straight in with it, Roger, who, who was semi-looking around Norwich City when, um, when um, I think uh, Norwich were on their rise. Uh, things could have been so different. It could have been. I, th I think he's suited to a London club. He's suited to kind of that, that big money and, and, and get kind of low expense players I think the way Norwich is run is really good it's a really tight ship it's, it's, it's run as a, as a reasonably kind of compact business and I think we should be proud of that and, and uh, I wouldn't necessarily want a sugar daddy Absolutely it's, it's strong and stable all the way isn't it um, so it's, um, it's really good that we've got structure but even if a part of the, the jigsaw leaves you get the sense that something else will, will slot in so you know one day Farker will leave us um, and, and we'll no doubt get a, a, a really top job but you kind of think as long as Weber's there something can slot in and Delia and Michael behind the scenes you know just doing a great job. Let's hope Mr. Webber's there then for the foreseeable as well. Uh, Roger Mallett asked that from sunny Florida, by the way. Now, we just said that the sun's just come out here uh, in Norwich, Roger, so all good as far as I'm concerned. Neil Jones, a lot of fans are getting overly cocky in my view. We have downplayed our achievements all season. Why change that until it's a certainty? Let's keep our heads and focus on delivery, not expectation. Exclamation mark. Neil Jones, fair point, and we're taking it on board. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Canaries, Canaries, hello there. Emmy Buendia has learned from the penalty given away against Sheffield United. His defending against Borough was top class. Got to be up there for player of the season. We're definitely going to have that chat in a bit. Um, MAA Arms. 
Um, good day there, M. <laughs> I'm going to nickname you. Uh, all in caps as well, which is always good. My wife said Norwich would get promoted before the season started. Well, I hope she put some money on it. There we go. And Canaries, Canaries. Ken Brown, pr- uh, favourite Norwich City boss, promoted in 1982, of course, and 86, and uh, from the second team, and uh, signed another great Norwich manager in Martin O'Neill. Certainly did. Robin Frost, Ron Saunders. He took us to Wembley. He certainly did. Iconic Norwich manager, Ron Saunders. That's his Ken Brown, of course. I guess they're all going to be, really, aren't they? Um, and Sophie Leaney, Scott, given Fulham's experience, if no chickens, um, and big if, if no chickens being counted, we get promoted. This is for you, Scott. Do you think Daniel will keep faith with the majority of our current squad and our playing style? Uh, that is a very good question. Do you know what? I, I think he will. I, I, and... and um, I don't think it'll be a choice. I don't think there'll be that much money available to him. But they're all young players, and I think you've, you've got to. Look, no, Norwich is a smaller club. If if and when um, we get to the Premiership, and we've got to be looking at selling some of these players on, and, and no, certainly some, no, the, some of the young players that we've got coming through that have made such an impact this year. No, we could pick up millions and millions of pounds for them. That could that could really kind of stabilise the club for, for many years to come. So, I think I think that's the way he's got to look at it. Forty million pounds for uh, Emmy Buendia. Why not? Nice. Um, well, I would say, in my view, Sophie, I'm, if, if the job is done, uh, I'm uh, looking, probably going to play some sort of bingo with the first time someone like Alan Shearer tells Norwich to stop mucking around with it at the back and get rid, uh, because you can't <laughs> stay up making those mistakes at the back. It will happen very swiftly, I'm sure. Now, it has been a, a busy return following the final international break. Uh, this slide's so there. Gents, you want to have a look? Uh, here is how the championship picture now looks. West Brom had a good start at the weekend and Leeds survived an almighty scare against Millwall but Sheffield United finally tripped and Norwich took full advantage at Middlesbrough of course who then went on to lose a fifth successive game on Tuesday and four successively at home. Uh, Bolton picked up a rare victory that ended Steve McLaren's QPR reign. Wanderers also won, I don't know if that's the right word, a high court stay of execution until the end of the season although they are not currently allowed to let fans into either of their next two upcoming home games. And Derby hit Rotherham for six which no doubt please the Miller's placid support. So at the uh, table at the bottom, Reading's surprise win at home to inform Preston inspired the only switch in the bottom half, underlining their improved recent form under Jose Gomez. Ipswich are possibly 16 points from safety with only a maximum 21 on offer. Swansea will need to win their game in hand and the other seven to stand any chance of the top six. As for at the top, it could barely look better for Norwich City as the two behind, to and fro. Bristol City's wins at the Blades and Borough have turned their fortunes around greatly, while Derby are fully in the mix. Both sides still have a game in hand. So it's going to be a busy week again. Norwich kick things off on Saturday lunchtime. Remember, 12.30 the kickoff, I think, uh, while everyone else plays at 3pm. Ipswich don't even know if their game at Bolton will actually go ahead at the moment, while Leeds and Sheffield United have tricky away trips to Birmingham and Preston, respectively. In fact, while Norwich have successive home games, their two closest rivals are away for both, with the Blades and Leeds switching opponents. It's fair to say we're probably all Preston and Birmingham fans for the next week. Uh, just don't punch anyone. Um, Bolton are due to host Borough, while Robin's Baggies visit promises much. As for Wednesday, City's visit from Reading will be far tougher than it would have been a few months ago, although Nelson Oliveira won't feature, of course. He's on loan. And Ipswich's farewell tour continues at an out-of-form Brentford. Um, did mention about Borough's season imploding. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Borough, and I think maybe some people are slightly surprised Tony Pulis is still in a job at the moment. And I, only, I don't say that because we 
try and put pressure on managers, but just because of the expectation there, basically. Yeah, and you think of the players that they've got. They've they've kept hold of a very good squad, um, and and it's so it's that, and it's also the style of football, isn't it? And I think that style of football that Tony Pulis plays is only going to be okay with the fans if it's successful. If it's not successful, questions will be asked. I, I think Tony Pulis, I, I great respect for him as a manager. I, I do admire him, but I think his his set up in his system is, is more geared to keeping a club in the league rather than maybe no no producing attacking football to, to to get promoted if you like. So um but th- there's no doubt he's he's a great manager, he's no doubt he's a very well respected manager. And Middlesbrough no they they should be performing better than now. They've got better players than how they're shown at the moment and, and the, no their form I don't think they're out of it. I mean I think there's no there's there's still a, a couple of kind of no Twos and fours to go before the end of the season. So, such fine margins as well, isn't it? Norwich did play really well, but if Ayala's header had gone in yeah, and yeah. Hernandez's yeah. shot had hit a pair of legs, would have been a different result, wouldn't oh, it? So. Isn't that always the way. Uh, now, I was speaking to someone um, not from the Norwich end at Middlesbrough, and they couldn't. They, they say you speak to Norwich people, it's like, well, we'll have to see how it goes. Or you speak to anyone outside of the club, it's like, well, Norwich are going up. I think um, the the Championship put out a tweet saying, name your top six, and everyone had Norwich top. Um, which is, of course, a very nice place to be in, and we won't take it for granted. Behind, though, it is fascinating. I mean, mm. there are two fascinating things, aren't there? Who's going to follow Norwich now, um, we assume, <laughs> possibly? Who, who, who will you know, finish in the top two? Hopefully Norwich plus one. And the battle for the playoffs. I mean, they're really fascinating affairs, aren't they? So. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, there's, there's still, no, going right down the league, there's still plenty of, plenty of, kind of teams in it and, and plenty of teams mathematically can do it. I think if you if you look at recent form, Aston Villa they're they're charging up. They're, no, they're on the way. I don't, they've not got enough to, to get automatic promotion, obviously. But um, you'd say going into a playoffs, they're, they're going to be favourites. I would have thought, to be honest with you. Um, in terms of who goes up automatically, I mean, it's no setting aside Norwich for a second. I've, no, I've been impressed by, by by both Leeds and Sheffield this season. I think they're both decent teams. I think there's an expectation at Leeds, and, and they've been knocking on the door for a few seasons. So. It's probably going to be them. I mean, it's really interesting that Bolton, Birmingham, and Preston play play each team in the space of a few yeah. days. I mean, in such a tight, tight race, it, that will that's an added dimension to it. And I suppose Sheffield United have, now they have lost a game. They're on a phenomenal run. It's the biggest question is against them because it's how do they respond? What an opportunity this week! So seven games left, and and nearly half of those are over the next week. So you know, if you look at the yeah. fixtures, oh it is a it is a massive opportunity. You know not to be complacent those three games the two home games and then Wigan away if we could get seven points you know put us on 88 points you would think that the other two teams would drop some points in those away games you know we could really by Wigan we could be really on the closing stretch fingers crossed but game by game uh, Ipswich they're going to be relegated soon I suppose it's one way one, I don't know if there's much of a discussion to be had there but what did you make of the Paul Lambert's quotes um, because we, you know, and the Ipswich fans, we do. I know we talk about Ipswich, but it's interesting. And it's Paul Lambert, so there is a connection. I mean, he, we, Norwich fans will know this because this is exactly how it played out here. It's like, well, all of a sudden we're not so sure. And, you know, it, it's a curious situation given, really, his job this year is surely only about next season. I, I would have thought so, but no, where they are, it, it seems hopeless. Um, I, th- I think he plays. He plays a lot of games, Paul. I think that, that that's kind of what he does, and he and he kind of bounces off fans. And I think he's he's done a few things. He's certainly well respected in Ipswich. He's you now paying for away travel and things like that earlier on in the season. I think things like that go down really, really well. I've also got to say that again. I think he's a good manager. 
and I think Ipswich, you know, however much we might be enjoying the current predicament, that they're a championship team and they should be in the championship. That that's where they belong, and, and they should be, you know, looking to kind of press forward as well. So, um, I wouldn't take anything too seriously. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I beg to differ a bit. I mean, I think he was he was a great manager, but I think over a period of time, if you look at his current results, two two wins in in twenty five since he's been there, and I think probably about five wins in fifty or something if you take his results with Stoke. That said, he's had some absolute you know rubbish clubs that he's been at, hasn't he? But I'm surprised. I have to say, I've got a lot of respect for a lot of um, Ipswich fans, but I'm surprised there's not more. Um, you know, animosity towards Marcus Evans, um, given the, the state that the club's been in for a couple of seasons. Um, and I'm surprised that they just put up with Lambert's, we played really well, but we lost line. You know, it's, it doesn't seem to be wearing off. He says the same thing every week and, and seems to get away with it. So. I suppose it's hard if you're disenfranchised that you maybe feel that your voice wouldn't be heard whether you kick off. And I guess they've been resigned to their fate for a while, but um, it would be very, very different if it doesn't start well in League One, which I guess is what they're all uh, bank banking on. So, um, okay, brilliant stuff. Let's have a, a little look at some more of your questions and comments, shall we? Let's see if I can find some of those in some various places. Let's go on to Facebook, shall we? If I can go through, it's always a bit um, of uh, fun. Um, John Gibson, I haven't read your question, so let's go for it because it's a question from New Zealand. West Coast Hokitika. I hope I've said that right. That sounds beautiful, though. Sounds Wish nice. we were there. <laughs> um, um, New Zealand's West Coast Hokitika supporters. I hope that's like a supporters club. That would be good. Let us know, John. Um, do you think we can all go? Uh, do, do you think we are going to have to change our style in the Prem dramatically? Because if the attacking force and our defence being so weak at times, also surely. Gun, which is presumably Angus, is coming back. Well, oh. I think Southampton are doing all right, to be honest. So um, probably not, John. But I did think Angus might be coming back a few weeks ago, but since then he started playing for Southampton, hasn't he? So yes. I mean, it would be the dream. I think he's an excellent goalkeeper. In terms of the style of play, def 100% not. There is no way that Farker will change our style of play, and that was the key thing that went wrong under Alex Neil, wasn't it? You know, he lost that style of play, lost that intensity, um, and I think Farker's going to stick really strongly to his beliefs. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I think I can remember, um, God, let's go back a good few years, maybe seven or eight years, Blackpool got themselves into the Premiership and took everyone by storm because they just played the way they'd been playing in the Championship before. Really open, really expansive. And uh, for the first half of the season, they, they I think they were kind of now a top six team. The first, and then it all went right, imploded, it all went wrong. Everybody figured out how to play against them and, and yeah, tore them apart. Yeah, yeah uh, and I don't know if they went down or if they'd marginally stayed up, but I, I, I think they won kind of three points in the second half of the season, something similar to that. So I, I think it's quite possible. I think it's, it's important to keep the momentum, keep the keep the uh, the atmosphere and keep the confidence around the team together and, and no you can't do that you, you can't be blase in the premiership because you're up against some real quality and they, they are going to get the odd hiding aren't I they think I think so yeah and I think we've got to expect that but yeah. that's part and parcel of being a Norwich fan it's like no we we can't stay in the Premiership too long. We've got to come down, but but then you get, then you get seasons like this where it's all good. So yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh -huh. it's fun. The old hiding—that's what makes an Norwich City fan. I like it. Um, that's exactly part of the part of the thing. Um, don't forget, we're asking for your favourite Norwich City managers as well. Barry Newman on Facebook. Lambert career went pear-shaped when Culverhouse was sacked. Was Culverhouse the better of the two behind the scenes? Well, that is a conversation. Ian's doing well at, um, at Kings Lynn at the moment. So well, he's a very good coach. He's a very good player. He's a very good coach as well. So, um, but I think I'd. I'd I wouldn't underestimate Paul. I think he's a, he's a good coach and he, he knows his stuff. He knows yeah, his bang stuff. on. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Julie Bremner. Julie Bremner, yeah, I've got the right. It's great to see Proud Canary Nick. 
on the show. Thank you very much, Jules. Yeah, I like to dish out the praise. Well, I don't get any, so we like to hand it out to others. Uh, what have we got here? Um, Tom Sharp, looking on to next year. I could put a ban on all the next year questions, but I don't think I should. Uh, since we've won the league, I don't mind if we stay up or go down with the investment at Colney. We're in a better position to keep battling in and for promotion to the Premier League, which I guess is part of the identity and, and, and the mood around the Definitely. club. We had a, talking about Proud Canaries, we had a training session up at the Nest um, the other week, and it just looks brilliant up there. So what the club's doing off the pitch is just great. And when you hear some of the older pros who've been on the, the Talk Norwich City podcasts and, and all those things, they'll talk about how shoddy um, the training facilities were in, in the old days. And so it's great to see that you know this is a really massive thing in terms of the infrastructure of the club and a holistic look at how to make the club successful. Absolutely, because I think it's primary complaint and right that the amount of investment that went into the actual club itself over seven years having Premier League income, probably nothing compared to what the club have invested in this, in this probably this last 18, 18 months to two years. It's phenomenal, really. Um, so Norwich, they have managed to adapt over the course of the season, which is, I think, a key reason. They have evolved, which is the key reason, I think, why they are top. They'll probably have to do that in the Premier League if they do go up. Um, Robin Frost asked a good question. Which team has underperformed, in your opinion, in the, Premier, in the, in the uh, Championship this year? Which is a very good question, I think. And, and uh, arguably, I would still say Villa. It's interesting to say Villa are probably favourites if they finish in the playoffs to go up through the playoffs regardless of who finishes third perhaps they're still one of the best teams I've seen Norwich play this season yeah I, I don't think um, I think Middlesbrough will be disappointed Yeah. Um, I, th I think they would have fancied chances at the start of the season I think Derby might have been a little bit disappointed as well um, but again they're, they're both still within kind of no touching distance of, of the playoffs and, and no, as I said there's, there's plenty to, to happen before the end of the season completely agree with that I'd say in terms of style of play West Brom you know I think West Brom have stayed up there because of their quality players digging them out of holes rather than a style of play I think that's why Darren Moore was sacked um, and I would say Swansea um, are no uh, Swansea and Brentford are nowhere near the position in the table for, for their play their style of play is exceptional as we saw when Swansea came here and I think next season they could be really good but they're probably on the beach now so <laughs> the thing about Swansea is if they do lose players they have to get their recruitment Good right. But teams, those two. Very much indeed. And uh, Yoddy Toddy chips in with, I wouldn't discount West Brom for the second automatic place. One wobble from Leeds and Sheffield United, and they are back in it with a comparable goal difference. It's a very good point, and if the two can't cope with their uh, next few games, that could be very interesting. Keep them all coming in. We'll get as many in as possible. Uh, so uh, today, I popped into Colney, uh, not to speak to Temu Puki himself, but to speak to someone who was about to speak to the Finnish goat, <laughs> uh, sports journalist Vile Nishkinen, uh, just... Um, who uh, filled us in in exactly how big a deal Atimu is back at home and how big Norwich City could become in Finland as a result. I'm happy for, for the BY Norwich that you have a, a good goal sco score right now. <laughs> yeah, well, it worked out you quite well, hasn't it? Uh, it phenomenally. And, and yeah. I think everyone's delighted with what Tamer has done. Absolutely. And I mean, it, it does seem to have had that impact. We've had uh, Finnish Canaries, which is a Norwich City supporters group in Finland. They've, yeah. been, they've been delighted, I think, at what's happened. Yeah. And I've, I've had probably more correspondence from Finnish fans and of, of any other country in terms of what Tamer has has done so is there an, an essence if of course this all ends the way we want it to and Norwich play in the Premier League yeah. if Tame is playing in the top flight like that it, it could um, uh, seep into more of the, the Finnish conscience maybe of course the, Finland has decades and decades long tradition of showing English football games on TV so many many Finnish people know English football teams very well of course my father who's 
60, 60 years old, he's, he's a Liverpool fan. I, as a journalist, don't have luxuries to support anyone, but I do know people of my age, I'm 35, so when they were starting watching the football game, they was mentioned the United. So maybe now the little kids who idolise them, maybe they will become Canary support as well. I'm going to take my sample size hmm? of Valtteri Bottas, uh, Kimi Raikkonen and Teemu Pukki. All three are so uh, Finnish superstars, obviously, but so laid back, um, yet supremely successful. Is is there a, a trait in in that and, and that maybe comes from them being in Finland in terms of helping them excel at sport? There are some certain characters about Finnish that hard working to work on strong work ethics and maybe of course the Finnish word Sisu which gives you the courage and and ability to hang hang on. So maybe maybe that has helped them out. They are always they're hard working and they're humble because it's a deep, deep international nation's character being humble and hardworking. So that's the combination that leads leads to success. If you have the potential, like of course, Kimi Räikkönen is a is a man of his, man of his own class. He's a <laughs> hugely popular in Finland, and he's got that very very odd sense of humor. Yeah, that's that's the best answer that I can give you. And you can watch my full interview and much more. Bring bring it in, my man. Bring it in. The, the, here's your espresso. Look at this, Thank Nick. What, what, what a gent. There you go. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks. Beautiful. Don't drink it all at once. No. Thank you very much. Um, uh, you can watch my full interview with uh, Vila and much more besides on all the usual uh, pink and channels, including YouTube, of course. How much do we love Temu, Nick? Oh, absolutely. I mean, all of those games were just the odd late goal. He was the, the person on the spot. And if you think of all those games last season when our pattern of play was really good but just missed the end product, that's that's what's changed, isn't it? You know, it's it's having that person on the spot and, you know, that that's why strikers are in such massive demand. He is in a goal drought, though. Yeah, not worried about that. Um, he's still setting goals up. His movements, movement's still fantastic. But you know, of course, that um, the winning goal, which gets us up to the Premiership, is going to be scored by Dennis Trebeni. You think? Yeah, I'm I, calling it. I, I would shout. I'm hoping it'll be Louis Thompson. Yeah. He could just come on and it'll just bounce off his knee in the Shoulder. 90th minute. I'll be like, that's that's for all of you injuries. Um, does it have to be Tim Pucky for Player of the Season? Oh. I don't think so. I mean, he's. Um, He's like Johnny on the spot, isn't he? He's not pretty to look at, but he's just in the right place at the right time, and, and he's deceptively quick, yeah, if, if that makes sense, because he certainly doesn't look like that athlete that we're looking for. <laughs> but anyway, in terms of play of the season, no, do you know, I, th- I think you could go right around, um, th- there's been a, a, a lot of players in Norwich that are, that are playing, going to play 40 games plus this season, um, and all contributed. It's, it's very difficult to choose a player of the season. I'd, I'd be tempted to maybe go for one of the full-backs myself, either or. Somebody came up with the idea of giving it to the team, didn't yes. they? Which is an interesting idea, no. Um, but but no. Um, so, which is an easy way out. But I just think because of all those games when a last-minute Timo goal got us the win, I kind of think you have to give it to, to Timu. Um, but I think also in my top three would be Buendia, um, who I think at a really crucial time of the season, his performance levels moved up. But I, I am really moved to agree with you that I think it was when Max Ahrens came into the team that things really changed around that Cardiff Cup game, um, the Ipswich away game. From then, we just moved forward, and he's just been absolutely superb. And we know that defenders don't get the same amount of praise that forwards get. So, 
I, th- I think to Max, be fair to both both the fullbacks, they're, they're both young men, first mm. season in, in, in real football, if you like. And, and usually in these circumstances, you no, know, they may go in, they'll, they'll play three, four games, and then the, you know, you, the, you'll see them dip in, and the manager will take them out. Yep, they've gone in and they stayed in, and they're, they're in there on merit, and they're really terrorising um, all these. No, they're they're terrorising other defences, you know. Mm. And I think it's, it's it's got a huge impact on the way that Norwich play. It's got a huge impact on the way teams play against Norwich. And uh, I think you've got to kind of no, you've got to respond to that and acknowledge it, and, and that's why I'd, that's where I'd be going. I mean, with Jamal, it's uh, quite the the way he um, he probably had a, a, dip, a dip last year, stayed in the team, but had a dip in form, made some mistakes, learned from them. This year, phenomenal consistency. Mm. But Max, like two years younger, a year younger, has come in, and he hasn't even had the dip. I mean, he's just been ridiculously consistent. Christoph Zimmerman, I, I feel like, I mean, obviously he's a tour. Paddy David, wrote, um, colleague of course, wrote a lovely column on him today. And I, I was going to do that as well later in the week, but <laughs> I can't wait until Friday. But, um, I mean, Christoph, he's done so much in terms of the captaincy. Uh, and he's sort of taken that role on. And I know there are lots of big personalities in this team now, but he is one where he's leading properly this side isn't he and I just think with all those young kids in defence you need someone like him but he's such a great guy for the football club he came to our proud canaries training session and was fantastic with us took the time to talk to us I think he'd been at the training ground for about 12 hours um, you know just works really hard he's, he's a great leader and, and we need that on the back line I think there's a lot of unsung heroes in Norwich and I think Zimmerman he's, he's come in he's taken the captaincy he's, he's, uh, he's effectively replaced close you know, through injury and what have you but no, he's he's there on merit. He's no, the, the, there's the, there's other big names if you like. Some, no, some of Norwich's uh, biggest names should be playing where he's playing just now, and he's he's keeping them out, and and uh, his form has been fantastic. But I, th- I think you can say that about no, no, a lot of the Norwich players. No, they're, they're all they're, no, they've, they've all. Uh, put something into this season to make it successful. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. All I'm going to say on Emmy Buendia is that um, Norwich have not won a single league game without him. Uh, this season which I just think is phenomenal and says everything you need to know about Emmy Buendia Um, just having a quick look on um, Periscope let's have a look Maggie Maypole Uh, love the giggle when you mention Ipswich and relegation I'm not sure if that was me or it's one of you guys who's being naughty there giggle giggle. Um, so that's good stuff Um, and of course don't forget we want to hear um, your favourite Norwich boss and why of course good to know Um, Tone007 like you, Tony, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. And 007, like that. John Bond, which I guess would account for the 007, so we'll, we'll take that. Um, and Danny Ellero. Unfortunately, I'm completely unoriginal. That's nothing wrong with that, um, Danny. Um, my favourite is Daniel Farker. I love the level head he has and his sheer passion to see young players thrive, which is uh, such a, a key point, of course, in terms of that. Um, TMN Kaba. 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 TNM. Daniel Farker, because this is his second. Yeah, these are his second yellow giants, which of course, yeah, it's not bad to go from Dortmund to to uh, Norwich, which is which is all good. And they are on the YouTube channels. So keep those coming through. And uh, Lola Mora, even though it wasn't Stephen's best game, he still pulled off one reverse flicked pass that was worth the entrance fee, and for me, was as good as Wendy's. We haven't talked about Stephen as player of exactly. the season as well. The most unorthodox number ten you'll ever see. I have to say it was so enjoyable watching the Borough game where you saw what Borough were trying to do in terms of their style in football and then you just watch Norwich and I spent years wanting to see a Norwich team press high play with um, real um, just some beautiful triangles real shape but just energy and, and quality and freedom and 
never and didn't you didn't get to see it because Norwich teams in the past haven't had all those things. Would play really well in the Premiership. I don't think they'd know what to do with him. They'd be like, who, <laughs> oh, who's true. who's this guy? <laughs> you know. Do you know? It's, it's, it's a bit like it's a, it's a bit like watching. Arsenal at their best, known in, in terms of the way they play, but it's like watching Arsenal if, they, if they're all on calipers or something. Because so, no, Stephen, he's not he's, again. He's not a pretty player. When you see him, he, he doesn't look like that's the position he should be in. He, sh- he should be centre half or something. I don't know where he should be, but but uh, he gets the job done. He comes up with great goals. He, no, he, he gets in, no, he gets in really interesting places. You know, in fact, the, the front four, if you like, the the, the movement they got, the rotation they it's have all the time. Isn't it? Yeah, uh, right. but they, but they're always moving about and always asking questions of, of the defence that they're playing against. And it's, it's it's really good to watch. It's entertaining to watch. It's, I think they've been given a bit of a carte blanche, mm. and, uh, and and they're taking it and they're really rolling with it. And they're all really competitive as well, aren't they? Which is great. You wouldn't really want to mess with any of them, to be honest, because you probably get you know, a little clip around the. Uh, ankles uh, right brilliant stuff keep those coming in we're, we're flying through this uh, let's see first of all before all that though how our guests cope with a bit of this Tony yes it is flip the bird oh, <laughs> yeah that's the one no no you're not going anywhere um, it is flip the bird the game that rivals poetry in motion uh, almost uh, last time out Alan Taylor posted an excellent debut seven while Clarkey improved his score for the season to six tonight Scott tries to shake clear of Taylor's seven crew while Nick makes his flipping bow there you go um, in short the guys have 30 seconds to flip as many bar mats as possible adding one to their flipping pile with each successful one-handed catch both scores will be will added to the leaderboard while the winner tonight and all of us will get a much prized selfie with Wesley Moulihan no we won't because we left her in the office so don't worry about that are you guys ready yeah. Have you got a timer, Tony? Which is always a bit we forget when Dan's not around. Oh, shame, we can't do it. Now. He's there. 30 <laughs> seconds when you're ready, Tony. And you can count us to 3, 2, 1 if you like as well, if you can shout. Okay, ready? Yeah. 3, 2, 1... Oh, we're off. Yeah, well, there we go. I was waiting for a go, but we didn't get one. Um, I do it as a pile, as a pile, Nick, as a pile. Got to do three now. Got to do three. As, no, you've got to flip all three now oh, and catch oh, them. Uh, that, that's it. Uh, this is where this is where Nick's technique might now fail him. Um, <laughs> did we not have a practice? I'm sure we had a practice. Meanwhile, Scott just keeps them ticking on. That's that's close. That's not bad, Nick. That's a difficult one. Well, that was a really quick 30 seconds, and I feel like I explained the rules to Nick, who hasn't done this before. <clears throat> and I feel like we've all let you down there, Nick, with an explanation of the of the. Job. Meanwhile, Scott's throwing them all over the place. He's dropped two, and then what have we got there? How many is there? One, uh, seven. Seven. Oh. So that is equal to what you had before, Scott. Well, you know, that's consistency. Max Aaron's consistency. Small hands? How on earth did you make a goalkeeper? <laughs> I can't hear if it gloves on small hands. <laughs> it's all become, it's all become uh, real now. Uh, Nick, how many did you get? What, three. Three? Yeah. Well, well done, because that was well, an extraordinarily difficult technique. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll work on it for next time. <laughs> Most definitely. Brilliant stuff. Well, uh, I think we can all agree that was another phenomenal success of Flip the Bird. Have we got the sting? Should we play it? Okay. Well done, Tony. Top work. Okay, um, we've got the guests in, so let's have a quick chat with them, shall we, just about how things are going, other than tax deadlines, of course. Um, Scott, life's good. That's grand. Um, keep yourself busy. Uh, like I'm going to ask probably with all former footballers between now and um, whenever, um, have you been te- teed up for Russ versus Wes after the end of the season? Uh, no, 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 no. I think everybody else has. No, Shocking no, behaviour. No, no, and, no. And you said you haven't been playing... I'll, I'll, I'll go along and watch, obviously, but I'll... Uh, that's way to do it. I, and 
because we last time we got you on, I think you spoke a bit about the old vets football. But I, I noticed that you played for Kringle for the vets with Hux normally, but Hux was very quiet. He didn't really talk about the vets football. And yeah. it's, you're saying it's been a tough, a tough season. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a, a building season this year. I think yeah, we consolidated our uh, position. I think. That's, that's all. That's all I can see. That's, that's fair enough. Has um, Grant Holt been playing much for Horsford? Has that been a bit of an issue? Yeah, he's he's been playing. Yeah, I think we we played against him a couple of couple of weeks back, and it was a close game. I think they beat us two one, maybe. But that was uh, yeah. That'll be why Hux didn't mention it, probably. So. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, good stuff. And and enjoying life. I mean, you're getting to see Norwich play here and there, and that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, we're thinking we've got a few days away next week as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's all good. Doing a bit of skiing, and that's uh, yeah, enjoying it. Good man. Good nice. Stuff. Um, Nick, it's been a good season for Proud Canaries. Yeah, it has. So we um, we had our big tournament last year um, and um, had a little break from training and we started training again a couple of weeks ago. Had our first session at the Nest, really well looked after by um, everybody. Um, so yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, to getting some competitive games um, under our belt again. That's good stuff. Yeah. Brilliant. So when, when is that? Can, it, when, can people take it in? We're still in training at the okay. moment. So if you are interested, then there are lots of ways to get in contact with Proud Canaries. So either on, on Twitter or Facebook. And then we're always looking people, for people to join the team, whether you're LGBTQ or whether you're an ally. Get involved. Fantastic stuff. Um, is, there, is there an increasing awareness of uh, LGBT um, issues and and the sort of re- reaction in, in football or because if i look across society in a lot of ways over the last year or two you know mm. the tolerance doesn't seem to be something that's growing at the moment so i'm just wondering if that's maybe and we've obviously had a lot of um, discussions over uh, issues in racism with, with football as well so how have you have you found it over the course of of say this year or even since the world cup yeah it's pretty clear as you say that at the moment there have been some some massive issues around racism in football and you know i think speak on behalf of proud canaries and sending our solidarity with with um, Raheem Sterling and the other England boys who had um, all the trouble last week and you know it's I don't think it's any surprise and um, as Gareth Southgate really eloquently says we can't look beyond the problems that we have in this country as well particularly in terms of LGBTQ stuff you know I haven't noticed anything and, and particularly from attending games at Norwich you know I think we're really proud that the club is so supportive of us but we're always really mindful that you know our, our one we think that our role is is helping to create an environment where somebody could come out because you know even if we do think it's better there is still no you know properly out gay footballer currently and you know there must be lots of people that are lgbtq that don't feel that they're able to do that at the moment so that's proof in itself that there's still a lot of work to do and uh, around norwich city football club does it feel like it is a club that's kind of leading the way in terms of um, of 100% and and so we should you know given the the legacy of Justin Fashioning but we did a load of stuff around the rainbow laces a a while ago and it was absolutely incredible you know it was a rainy day I can't remember which game it was and um, we got there really early a couple of hours before kickoff and I was just talking to all these people that you wouldn't if you know we all have misconceptions in our heads and uh, and you know innate prejudices and you know some guys I would never have thought you know that person's going to be a massive LGBT ally and I was talking to this guy who plays football young chap who plays football out near um, Yarmouth and he was saying in in his local team they all wear rainbow laces and they all address um, LGBT phobia when it happens and I think there are all these secret allies that we don't know about so yeah there are massive problems at the moment but I think you know there are lots of allies for for LGBT people and particularly around Norwich and I I think that's tribute to all the, the good work that's gone on so the club really are genuinely 
supportive and you know the work I mentioned earlier Christoph come into the the training session and it seems very genuine so it'd be lovely to think that the first LGBT out player could be at Norwich but um but you know wherever it is I think we've all got to got to do our bit to support them brilliant Nick and die of course and the Prague Canaries make sure you keep up the, the brilliant work uh, right Norwich City notice board time then if I may just the one tonight uh, Norwich City Fan Social Club they hold uh, their end of season social night that is on Thursday April the 18th that's from 7.30pm in the top of the city which is via the South Stand entrance entry is free it's a cracking night to share among your fellow city supporters there's also the chance to visit Jacob Bowles on the city uh, on the soil oh dear Jacob Bowles on the stool city uh, with some great bargains all raising money for CSF so uh, get along if you can it's uh, also worth adding that uh, Saturday is Norwich City's designated community day so watch out for all the activities planned for around Carroll Road and around the Queen's Park Rangers game and keep an eye for a few fan initiatives planned for inside the stadium and not for the Barclay as I understand it for the forthcoming games uh, speaking of which I think it's right we play this now this is from our own David Freezer on the Pinkham podcast Extra Time which you can watch each week exclusively on the Pinkham app here's Dave the players have done the hard work they don't have to turn up on Saturday and, and perform for the fans and earn that atmosphere they've done it they've got 81 points after 39 games the Carroll Road crowd should be singing themselves hoarse for that 90 minutes to drive them on towards another big victory because if they win the first of these two home games they are nearly there the Premier League is within touching distance. Win that one and beating a slightly resurgent Reading, we don't know what happens on Saturday, is going to be far more achievable. And then you've got 5,000 fans going to Wigan, which is already shaping up to be a brilliant day. There is so much to look forward to. And I know fans don't like being dictated to and all this talking about the atmosphere and stuff, but this is literally the time that if you go to Carrow Road and you do not sing and you're in the you know, the top tier of the river end or you're in the city stand and you do not sing. Now is the time to start singing. They've done the business. They've done the hard work. They've earned your support. If you're not singing now, you're never going to sing, are you? So the atmosphere for these two games should be absolutely amazing. And I can't wait for it. Outstanding stuff there from Dave. Uh, neither Paddy or I could really add a word to it on the podcast. He nailed it completely. Um, great stuff. So uh, if there are any tweets, stories, events or groups of a Canary's nature that you uh, want to flag up to us here on the Pink and Show uh, on our Norwich City Notice Board, then let us know via all the usual social media channels. Or, of course, you, once again, you can send an email to thepinken at archant.co.uk. It leaves us now with um, the, <laughs> us, a little look at the 7th and 6th Last games of the season, which are both at Carrow Road against struggling opponents before the fifth, which is at Wigan, where City will have 5,000 travelling fans waiting for them. And as you <laughs> rightly said, Nick, basically half of the last seven games are happening in the next fortnight. Yeah, um, between scary. this show and the next Pinkin show, it's uh, phenomenal. And you've already answered this, haven't you? So, Scott, how many points do we get from these three, eh? Well, um, <laughs> do you know something? I think seven points would be good. I, I can quite see us getting nine points, but then it, it gets the point where no, we're, we're seven games in a row just now. There's, there's a point where it does become untenable. So mm. um, I, th- I think seven points out of them be fine. That's I think it's the, the, the pressures on the pressures on Leeds and, and Sheffield to catch us. It's not no. We're, we're, there's got to be a bit of a, a, an implosion if you like. And Leeds 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 have still got Aston Villa to play themselves in their run in, so it's not it's not easy for them. Yeah, as long as Norwich do what they need to do before they go to Villa Park, I'll be I'll be much happier. Mm. Um, 
What did you? What ran through your mind when uh, Steve McLaren was sacked? <laughs> um, I can't really think of Steve McLaren without laughing, in a way. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it will change an awful lot. Um, Tim Sherwood's the, the rumoured new coach, isn't he? But I don't think he's going to be in place by, by Saturday. So best of luck to him, really. But I don't think it changes our job. If we play to anywhere near the best of our ability, if, if we play at 8 out of 10, we should win, shouldn't we? So... So, you know, we've just got to focus on us and, and doing the job and the fans have got to play their part. Absolutely. Um, Reading have certainly improved in recent months, but there'll be no uh, Nelson Oliveira because, of course, he's on loan. Wigan are sliding, so they're trying to keep themselves above water at the moment. Wigan good at home, though. Yes, they are very yeah. good at Yeah, certainly. Um, I would normally ask um, the guys for their 11s, but what I've done this time is I've made a <laughs> massive assumption and I've got here the uh, 11 that everyone would choose ahead of the game on Saturday because... Seven games, seven wins, um, unchanged for seven games. It, it picks itself, doesn't it, Scott? I think it does pick itself, really. I don't think anyone's going to uh, argue with that. Uh, you say that. I'm sure there is a, a message on here. I'll, I have to, have to find it. Um, I think it was on Facebook, so just bear with me if I can. Barry Newman, uh, watching Borough, despite Farker keeping a winning team, I felt Leitner for McLean in the second half could have given some finesse and something different in midfield. Any thoughts? I mean... Personally, I would rather have Leitner or Mario Vrancic in there. But it's, that's almost not the debate now, is it? It's, it's the debate that this is the eleven that's working and you're not going to change it? We can't possibly debate the fact that Farker knows more than us. So that, that's undoubtedly true. My natural inclination would be to play one of them. Um, I, I saw the game, the games against um, Hull and, um, and Swansea and I didn't think the midfield balance was right. But we're still winning. So, you know, it's obviously part of Farker's ethic that the winning team stays in place and you can't doubt anything that man does, can you, really? So. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. It certainly isn't broken at the moment. Uh, so that's the 11. We all know the 11 because it's etched in our minds over recent games. And that leaves the last kind of point, which I guess um, we might maybe been talking about in terms of innuendo for the whole show, but not brought up. When are Norwich going to do it? Nick? So Di told me to say Stoke. Um, so, so that's what Di thinks. Why? Does she have a reason or just I that's what she thinks? Maybe she just fancies us winning it there. That, that's what she thinks. Yeah, but you would think around then and you definitely want us to do it uh, by... You, you want us to have done it by Blackburn, don't you? So we can enjoy a stress-free final home game and then we definitely don't want to have to get anything at Villa. So, Scott? Well, I think the week before Blackburn this win leads to playing Villa and I think that might... Yeah have a big impact in, in, in what's going to happen there. So the one so, before Blackburn so I'm, I'm, is Stoke, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah. going to see. I'm going to see. Okay. Hopefully Stoke. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, Good Friday sounds uh, like a bit previous, but, you know, Good Friday sounds good for it. Daniel Farker's 100th game in charge of wow. Norwich City. Yeah. Um, and also, of course, it could be the day maybe the Ipswich get relegated. Why don't we just do it all on the same day? The, the Good Friday puns will be there. Uh, the signs of a line. It'll be uh, a good night out. I, 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 I will just say, Norwich have... Um, Norwich have only been promoted once at Carrow Road, ever. Um, they've been promoted more times at Fratton Park. So um, we <laughs> maybe it'd be nice if it happened in front of the home fans, but you know that only happens if you can prove that you really want to get behind them in these two games, Carrow Road. That's the yeah, that's the challenge for you. Anyway, enough getting ahead of ourselves. Um, thank you all for your questions and comments over the past uh, hour or so. That is it for this week's Pink and Show. Uh, remember, you can catch up on all of tonight's edition and all our superb Norwich City coverage across all our platforms, including our Pink and app. But first and foremost, Pinkin.com, and the show is.
is also available as a podcast for details and to subscribe just visit pinkin.com slash podcast I will be at Carrow Road and the DW Stadium this coming fortnight alongside Paddy Davitt and Dave Freezer. so make sure you check out our big build up team news live and behind the scenes coverage reaction and analysis and if you see any of us around make sure you say hello uh, we will return uh, on Wednesday, April the 17th, sounds like a long time away, doesn't it? At 6 p.m. from somewhere just as good as uh, the Departure Lounge, I'm sure. Uh, and remember to join us, whether it is in the flesh or, of course, as always, online. And it's worth me adding that if there's anywhere you want us to go and you want to volunteer as a possible location for The Pinkin Show, simply send all the details to pink, thepinkin at archant.co.uk. And it's the same address if you want to join us as a fan pundit. A big thank you to our guest tonight, that is to Scott and to Nick, gents, you enjoy it? Yeah, very much. Very so, much yeah. so. Yeah, I'll put you on the spot there, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, to the Departure Lounge on Prince of Wales Road for being uh, lovely hosts as, as well. You're both very much welcome whenever you want to come on. Uh, to the crew, and that's uh, producer Tony, and of course to you guys and girls for watching and for getting involved. Sorry we couldn't get through all your messages, but uh, there's always next, next week. Uh, until next time. I'm not even sure what to say in terms of what Norwich City's world will look like then, but when we do return in a fortnight, I just cannot wait for it. Good night.